0: Thank you to our praise team and musicians as well. I appreciate them coming in early and setting things up and practicing. And uh, Everyone all right out from under the tent out there? Is everybody good? Can you hear me okay? You getting your vitamin D out there today? All right. My daughter asked not long ago, she said, Dad, were you born in the 1900s? It just sounded worse when she asked that than it really is. But back in the 1900s, how many of you remember the 1900s? Yeah. Back in the 1900s, there was a revival that took place in Toledo. And if you research that, you'll read that. There's actually some pictures of that revival. Some 10,000 people met in an outdoor tabernacle, and uh, many in Toledo were saved. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing if God would do that again? Do a great moving of the Holy Spirit in our city. Hundreds and thousands would come to know Christ as their savior. I'm going rejoice rejoice rejoicing that if God would do that. I hope that you're praying that he will. I know that he can. I wanna to preach today a message out of the book of 2 Thessalonians. If you go there, 2 Thessalonians, and if you go to chapter number one, and I wanna preach on this message, Hope for the Believer hope for the believer. There's always something, it seems, in our life that if we could change it to make it better, we would. I don't know what you've been through this last week. I know for myself, this last week was a a pretty difficult week from people like Janelle passing away and getting the news that she's passed away, and uh, then other news that I got concerning some friends and and uh, it just seemed like this last week was a a difficult week And, and there's always decisions have to be made, there's always situations we're dealing with. How many of you it just seems like even when you're not looking for it, problems are right there? You're not looking for them, they just seem to always find you. Anybody else like that? Problems just seem to find you. At home, at work, and if we're not careful, we can get discouraged. How many of you under the tent here today or, or out from under the tent here today, you've ever been discouraged in your life? Anybody? Good. About as many people that have Hawaiian shirts. Good. And know I have? We, we live in a world that if we're not careful, this world just seems like it's just overwhelming. It seems like it's going a direction that, that uh, uh, is just crazy. Someone sent me a video this past week, and the video was of a teacher apologizing to all of her class. She put this video out, and she was apologizing to the parents and to her students, and uh, kind of, I guess, kind of went viral. And she was just saying, I'm sorry, I really, really messed up. And I just want to put this video out to share with you that I'm so, so sorry that I've messed up, and I messed up really, really bad. And I'm listening, I'm thinking, what in the world would she put this video out to say she messed up so bad about? I thought maybe she was gonna say, I taught them two plus two was five, and, and really it's four. But she said this, she said, I really messed up and I want you all to forgive me and I, I want to apologize. And so I, I thought this was to be the best way for me to do this. She said there was a, a, a child that came and on Monday, she said to me to call her she, her. and But by Wednesday, she said, call me they, them. And on Friday I called her, her, she again, and I really messed up and I'm really, really sorry. And I'm listening to this video and I thought to myself, I'm so confused on what you're saying. We live in a world that it just seems like things are just utterly confusing. If we're not careful for the Christian, it almost seems like we are living in a hopeless place And that it's almost like for the Christian, we're going to live in fear and be afraid and be scared because of what we're facing. Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica. He's writing this second epistle. And and there's a reason we'll get to in just a moment that he's writing a second epistle to this church. But Paul says this following in verse number seven along with me, if you would, please. Chapter one, second Thessalonians, chapter one, verse number seven. Paul writes this, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. I want you to go with me also the same same book here. Look with me in chapter number two and we're gonna look at verse number 15. The Bible says this, "'Therefore, brethren, stand fast, Today I'm preaching on hope for the believer and and Paul writes after he's addressing what's going to happen and end times and and the way the world's going to go. He says this, therefore, brethren, stand fast, hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or by epistle. What he's saying is this, hold on to the things that you've learned. Hold on to the things that we've taught you. Hold on to the things that that the gospel has shown you, whether it's been by preaching or by a letter that's been written. He says this in verse 16, now our Lord Jesus Christ himself. If you're thankful for Jesus today, would you say amen? Because he makes all the difference. In a world that seems like it's falling, uh, uh, spiraling out of control. In a world where it seems like we're discouraged and we're not sure what direction to go. When it seems like nothing that we're planning is working out. When we're not sure what tomorrow holds. Remember this. There's Jesus. He makes the difference. Therefore, my brethren, stand fast and hold on. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. What's he say? Comfort your hearts. Establish you in every good word and work. Christian, I believe this and I believe Paul is going to show us this as we study this passage of scripture this morning in a world that is crazy. In times of great disappointment, when we're not sure what tomorrow is going to bring, when there's decisions in life and we're afraid, when there's things that are thrown at us and it causes us fear, when we're trying to make sense out of life and it just seems impossible, there is hope. The believer can have hope. We can have comfort because there's something that never changes and that is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage us today with what Paul tells here, this church. You see, God's people don't have to live a life being upset. We don't have to live a life just being jittery. Not, not, we don't have to live our life in fear. It seems, it seems like almost the goal is to put mankind in fear. And I want you to know something. I don't believe that is just some conspiracy. I don't believe that's just something that we are thinking is going on. It's true. The goal, what's going to happen in the end times, is that mankind is going to be so fearful. Mankind is going to need so many answers that there is going to be one the Bible calls the Antichrist. We're going to see that here in this chapter. There is going to be one that's going to rise. That's going to say, I have all the answers. I can bring peace. You can trust me. And he's going to uh, uh, portray himself like he is God. It's going to happen and we're seeing this the events unfold all around us we we for us as believers we have our hope Our hope is in the word of God. Our hope is that the word of God is true. Our hope is that what the Bible says, that Jesus Christ is coming again, that Jesus Christ is is our everlasting hope, that God, our heavenly father is in control. As the world seems to go out of control, Christian, your life can be peaceful when your life is centered around Jesus Christ hear me today the stage is being set the nations of the world are all set in place the earth is moaning and Christ is anxiously awaiting to call his bride How, how many of you remember that day Larry 57 years ago when you were standing in a separate room In just a few moments, you know you were going to walk into whatever that place was that you were going to be married and you were going to look down that aisle and that beautiful bride was going to be revealed. How many of you remember that day? Even if she's not beautiful, how many of you remember that day? Come on, some of you guys didn't raise your hand. Come on now. Yes, you're standing there and you're remembering that day. I remember I didn't sleep a whole lot the night before. I remember that day was coming and and the anticipation of that day and and the thrill of that day and the excitement of that day was coming because at that day when it came, I was going to stand there and my wife, I was going to see what was uh, before just the one that I love. And then in just a few moments, she was going to be my bride. She belonged to me. And that stage is being set. Christ at any moment is going to come and get his bride. And we as Christians need a settled hope, an anticipation that we are going to see Jesus soon and very soon. I want you to mark your Bible with me. I'm going to give you three thoughts this morning. I want you to mark with me in verse number seven. The Bible here says, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. I want you to write this in your notes someplace. I want to give you this morning three things. The first thing I want to give you as Christians today, a reason to rest. Christian, there's a reason for us to rest. We're we're not to look at the news and we're not to see the events of this world and be concerned and be weary and be upset and be troubled and run in fear. As we see the things of this world unfolding, the believer should have the rest that Jesus Christ gives. Because we see and believe what the Bible says. These are dark days. Yes, they are. And if I asked you, you'd say amen to that. But our hope is not in humanism. Our hope is not in man's intellect. Our hope is not in the political system of this world. Our hope is in the one thing that Jesus Christ said, and that is this. Jesus said, I am coming again. And we can believe that this morning. Jesus said, I'm coming again. In verse number seven, the Lord Jesus, he shall be revealed. Look again with me. He says this, and to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. The Lord Jesus shall be revealed. When he comes again, he is coming as king of kings, And Lord of Lords, when he came the first time, he came as a as a lowly servant. He came to be the payment of our sin. He came as the sheep to slaughter. I'm watching the, 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 uh, the series Chosen. Have I ever seen that series? It's a good series. I've been watching that. I know I'm way behind, but I'm not really good on technology. I just figured out how to watch it. And so I started watching those series and, and when Jesus it's introducing introducing Jesus, he just is is just a common man. He didn't come with this this, uh, uh, great uh, uh, kingdom. He didn't come with with glit and glamour. He came, he was born in a manger. He did his earthly ministry here upon this earth. He went to the cross and and it seems like man defeated him. It seems like he may have lost. But I want you to know that Jesus said he's coming again. And when he comes again, he is going to be revealed. And when he is revealed this time, He is going to be revealed as the Lord of Lords in the King of Kings. The Bible says, follow along with me in verse number 10, when he shall come to be glorified with his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Jesus Christ is coming to be revealed. And this time he's coming. He's coming to be glorified. He's coming with power. In verse number eight, the Bible says in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming to be glorified in verse eight tells us he's coming in flaming fire. You know, he's coming. He's coming this time to be judged. It may seem like those that are doing wicked are getting away with wickedness. It may seem like the, the world all around us is committed to doing wrong against God, and it seems like maybe there is no punishment, but I want you to know when the Bible says when He comes again, He's coming in flaming fire, taking vengeance. Those that deny Christ, those that are living a life contrary to the Word of God, those that are mocking God and shaking their fist in God's face, vengeance. Is coming one day. The Bible says he's going to be the judge. In verse number seven, it says this: When and do you and do you who are troubled rest with us? When I want you to comfort, how can we comfort one another with this? How can we take rest? Because the Bible doesn't say if. The Bible doesn't say we hope. The Bible doesn't say if if. If if God can get his way, if he can overpower wickedness, then maybe he'll come. The Bible says this, when Jesus comes, oh, listen to me, church, take confidence, take rest. Jesus Christ is coming again. And all God's people said, amen. He's coming again. It's all planned out. I want you to know something today. He's not late. He isn't delaying. The heavenly father has a plan. And when it is set, And the time is set, Jesus is coming again. It might seem like you might say, it just seems like it'd be better for Jesus to come because of what I'm facing. It just seems like maybe God is is behind because if he would just come, all this hurt and all this heartache would go away. But I want you to know that he's coming, there's a plan. The Heavenly Father knows when that plan is, and it's not too late. It's right on time. Aren't you glad that when God works, it's always on time? You know, sometimes in our life, we think that if God would just do something in our time frame, that it would make better sense. But I want you to know this, that God knows all. God sees all. God is all wisdom. And God is all power. And his timing is always perfect timing. Verse number 10, I want you to see again with me. In verse number 10, the Bible says, and when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe. The Bible says this, he's going to be admired. This is a breathtaking wonder. Oh, we're going to see Jesus again. Why and how can we take rest? How can we take comfort Because there is coming a day that we are going to admire the one that gave his life for us. There's coming a day that we're going to admire the one that went to the cross and paid our sin debt and was placed in a grave and three days later he rose again from the dead. There's coming a day that all the questions that we have, all the questions that we think about, all the things that are so important to us and we don't have answers for, there's coming a day and Jesus is going to return and all the questions that we ever had will make sense and we will admire. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What a breathtaking wonder this is going to be. I I think of that song so often. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Can you imagine that day The Trump is going to sound? The Bible says the dead in Christ are going to rise and those that are alive and remain are going to be caught up to, to see Jesus in the clouds forever and ever and ever. What a day that's going to be. There's coming a day that it's not just us thinking and putting our faith in what happened 2,000 years ago. But there's coming a day that we are going to see Jesus face to face. We're going to see our Savior. He'll take this old sinner. He's going to take this old body. And we're going to have a new body. How many of you can't wait for a new body? Say amen to that. Amen. Amen. How many of your body makes more noise getting up in the morning than it ever does? seems like longer. Not mine, I hear it in my wife every so often, she gets up, I, I'm still a great, in great shape. His grace is going to be admired. Think about that grace. How many of you would say today, you're so thankful that Jesus saved you, but you're still not quite sure why? His grace. His grace is going to be admired in all them that believe, the Bible says. And all them that believe, we're going to see and admire what He has done for us. The Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. I'll tell you, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that he took every sin that I ever uh, uh, committed, and he paid that sin debt upon the cross. I believe that he was placed in the grave, and I believe that he rose again from the dead. I believe all of that by faith, but I'll be honest with you, some of it I don't understand. Why God would leave heaven Why he cares so much about humankind that when he would leave a perfect heaven, he would leave a perfect place and come and live in this sin-filled world. Why Jesus would go through everything he went through. Why he would go through being betrayed. Why he would go through being a man. Why he would go through the beating and the scourging and the abuse and the mockery. Why he would deal with all that, I don't know. I don't fully understand, but I know this. The Bible says, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. And one day he's coming in one day. We're going to see him and one day. We can rest today because knowing one day he is going to be admired. We're going to understand his grace. Look with me in verse number 10. The Bible goes on to say this. When we shall, he shall come to be glorified in, with, in his saints. And to be admired in all them that believe. I want you to just make a note of that, circle that word all. Now, what does all mean? Come on, class, what does all mean? It means all. Does that mean some If I said all of us today are going to be hot under the tent. No, if I said all of you today are going to get a bottle of water on your way out, does that mean everyone but a few? What does that mean? You can be sure when you leave today, there's going to be a cold bottle of water that you're going to be able to take. Why? Because I said all, everyone. That word all, it's only a short word. It's only a three-letter word. But what a wonderful, wonderful thing that is. Because all those that believe, all those that have put their faith in Jesus Christ, all those that have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, what a great reunion that's going to be. What a wonderful homecoming this is going to be. You know, I... Several years ago now, it's been quite a few years now, back in 2007, we buried my father. And I'll be honest with you, there's a day coming that I can't wait to see my father again. Janelle, before I went on vacation, I sat with Janelle there at hospice and she said, I'm ready, I'm ready to see my savior. And then she said, and I'm ready to see. And she started naming those that have gone on to glory before her. She said, I can't wait to see them. My my wife is going to get to see her brother there's people here today that your loved ones that have known Christ as your Savior, you're going to get to see them. There's some here today, there's some mothers here today that maybe had a miscarriage or their child died at a young age. You're going to get to see that child face to face again. How do we know that? Because the Bible here says all, every one of us, those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, those that have gone on before us, there's a great day coming. We can take rest. All oh, the world might seem confusing. All oh, the world might seem like it's spiraling out of control. But those of us that know Jesus Christ, every one of us, not a one of us are going to be lost. Aren't you thankful for that today? What a day that shall be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one that saved me by his grace. And when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that shall be. I want you to see in verse number 10 as well, we can take rest. Because all, look what he says in verse number 10, look in parentheses there in your Bible, because our testimony among you was believed. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, we preached the gospel. We taught you truth. We gave you the truth. We told you who Jesus was. Oh, you were lost, dead, in trespasses and trespasses in sin. You were sinners, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Religion couldn't save us, and the church couldn't save us, and, and doing good works couldn't save us, but you listened to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you believed it, and because you believed it, we're all gonna see Jesus. We can take rest today in the joy of witnessing. You know, as this world is going, spiraling out of control, do you know what, Christian? We still have the liberty, we still have a voice, and we still have an opportunity to share Jesus Christ with those that need him. Someone said, why are we doing community night tonight? And I'll tell you why we're doing it. Because there's good food trucks in Toledo and I want you to eat it. No. I'll tell you why we're doing it. Because we want the community to come and we're going to give them the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Because the world is saying, find hope in this. You know what they're finding? There is no hope. The world is saying, no, find hope in this. And and people are going after it only to find no hope. And the world is saying, come here and find hope here. And, And no matter where they point to, mankind rushes to that only to find, they can't find hope, they can't find peace. And oh my friend, we as a child of God, we as the body of Christ, we as the bride of Christ, we have joy because we can share with the world the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Our testimony among you was believed Paul said listen to me today there's going to be people there that have believed the gospel that we've preached I believe this any Christian that is right with God is a Christian that shares the gospel of Jesus Christ it's natural this past week uh, this this past Sunday I read an email to you a lady in our church I remember that email she her husband came a couple weeks ago and and uh, gave an invitation and after the church service is over he he trusted Christ as his Savior and he was gloriously saved. I read that last week, I believe to you, and the church was excited, and the church clapped, and we praise the Lord because the gospel was given in someone that wasn't saved. They came into church without Christ, and they left with everlasting life. Their, their, their future changed for all of eternity because of the message of the gospel was preached. Last Sunday, Chad Braley preached a message, one of a wonderful message that is, If Any Man Thirsts. During the invitation time, we said, is there one that has never trusted Christ as their savior? Would you like to trust Christ today? And, and there, was a, there was a fellow that was sitting over here that raised his hand and said, I, I need to trust Christ as my savior. Brother Dick Dissip went over to him after the service is over, and that fellow in tears said, I need to be saved. I, I want to trust Christ as my Savior. And Brother Dick spent several minutes with him showing Scripture, rehearsing of the message that you he just heard. The man understood, yes, I'm a sinner, yes, I need to be saved, and yes, I, I want to trust Christ. And right there, on, right over here in this area last Sunday, someone bowed their head and trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Their life is changed forever. And if that's not good, I'll tell you, the story gets a little bit better. You know who that was? That was the brother of the fellow that got saved a couple weeks ago. He said, I'm bringing my brother to church because I want him to hear that message as well. And that fellow that got saved said to Brother Dick, listen, this is the only, really the only week I had even to come because I'm getting ready to move to another portion. I'm gonna coach a football team and I'm getting ready to move this week. The only opportunity I had was to come this Sunday. And it was a Sunday he trusted Christ as a savior. You see, all the world seems like it's spiraling out of control, but you know what God is still doing? He's still saving souls. People are still coming to Christ. Mark this down, please. Number two, there's a reason. There's a reason to rest. There's also a reason not to be deceived. Look with me in Second Thessalonians. I'm gonna hurry here now, stay with me. Chapter number two, verse number one. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not so soon shaken in your mind. Don't be shaken. Don't be troubled, not in your mind, neither in your spirit, nor by word, nor by letter from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Look with me in verse number three. Let no man deceive you by any means. Don't be fooled. Don't accept the lie. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed in the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that I, when I was yet with you, I told you these things. He says, don't you remember what I said? Don't be deceived. There's a reason for us as Christians to rest. And there's a reason for us as Christians not to be deceived. The devil is a deceiver. The devil is a liar. The devil is going to cause you to think that you're not worthy. The devil is going to cause you to doubt. The devil is going to cause you to believe things that are not true. The devil is a liar. But Jesus Christ is truth. You see... What happened is this between first Thessalonians and second Thessalonians, there was a letter written and it was forged. It was written and somebody signed Paul's name to this letter and said that Jesus had already come. That they missed the rapture. that, that, That Jesus came and they were left. And it caused great fear and it caused great Confusion. There were teachings that the church was already in the great tribulation and, and that this church missed it. And so Paul is writing back to the church at Thessalonica saying, hold on, don't be deceived. Paul says, I'm going to straighten this out now. And he begins in chapter number two to tell them, oh, listen to me, before this rapture, before before uh, 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 all of this is going to take place, there's going to be a great falling away. Troubles are going to come. Heartache is going to come. The Bible talks about this man, the Antichrist. He's the man of sin. He's the son of perdition, the Bible calls him, or the son of judgment. In Revelation chapter 13, they call him the beast. In 1 John, John calls him the Antichrist. This is one that's against Christ. He's the one, he's the counterfeit Christ. This Antichrist in chapter 2 and verse number 4, he wants what belongs to God. He wants all mankind to worship him. The Bible tells us, and and I believe it's actually a physical temple, the the temple is going to be rebuilt in Jerusalem. There's a great uh, uh, talk of this. There's great anticipation of this. They say this, the temple is ready to be built. All the things necessary are ready. And that temple is going to be built. And the Antichrist is going to sit in that temple. And he's going to proclaim himself to be God. He's going to deceive and the world at that time is going to believe him. In verse number three, the Bible says, "Look at me, and no man let no man deceive you by any means. That that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed." Now I believe this today, if we are living in the end times, if at any moment Jesus Christ can, is going to come, if Jesus comes in our lifetime, you know what that means? That he is alive, he's just not been revealed yet. In verse number six, the Antichrist cannot come until the stage. Everything is set in order for him to come. Now hear me today, church, follow along with me, please. The Bible says, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who knew letteth now will let until he be taken out of the way. In verse number six, and now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. The Bible talks about a what here and a he here. I believe this, that what is the church, the body of Christ What's holding all of this back? The fact that we're still here. There's coming a day that the Bible says the trump of God is going to sound and Jesus Christ is going to come for his bride and that what that he's spoken about is going to be taken off this earth. And when that happens, the great tribulation is coming. That he that is being spoken about in chapter no, or verse number seven is the spirit of God, It's the Holy Spirit of God. The church is going to be taken the Antichrist then then is going to set up and begin to rule in this world. He's going to rule with evil. He's going to rule uh, uh, with with uh, 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 wickedness, and the whole world is going to desire him. Verse number nine. Read with me, if you will. Even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and all signs and lying. This is the Antichrist with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Hear me today. Don't sit here today and say, you know what? I'll believe once this happens. If I show up for church and it's just me and the deacons that show up, all right, I'll realize the rapture is taking place. The deacons' wives are all going. They might stay. Then, Then I'm going to believe. If my mom, who's been preaching to me, then I'll believe if she's gone. If this happens, all right, then I'll believe. Then I'll trust Christ. The Bible says, oh, no, you won't. A great delusion is going to come. You're going to believe that great lie. If you're waiting and saying, if these things happen, then I'm going to wait. Then I'm going to trust. No, it is too late. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day that you need to trust Christ as your Savior. Today is the day that if you're sitting here and maybe you've been hearing the preaching of the gospel week after week, year after year, and you're still deciding what am I going to do with Jesus, today is the day because tomorrow may be too late. And then thirdly, I want you to see this. Number one, there's reason to rest. Number two, there's reason not to be deceived. And number three, there's reason to be encouraged today. Chapter number two, look with me in verse number eight. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Paul is speaking here of the battle of Armageddon. There's a great day that's coming, a great battle that's going to take place. Satan thinks he's going to win. Now hear me today, when Jesus comes for his bride, it's going to be a secret coming. It's going to be his church is going to uh, be raptured out of the, of the earth. He's not necessarily going to come all the way down to earth. The trump's going to sound and we're going to meet him in the clouds and there's going to be a, a seven year tribulation that takes place. But then Jesus is coming again after that seven years of tribulation, Jesus is coming and he's going to set up the millennial reign of Christ and he is going to rule He is going to come as the sovereign God. He is going to come and reign as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Satan is going to be bound and Satan is not going to have free reign. And there's coming a day after that millennial reign that the Bible says he is going to take Satan and take the beast and take that Antichrist and all those that have rejected Christ. And they're going to be tossed into the lake of fire for all of eternity. But those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus, Christ will rule and reign with him forever. Church, that is something for us to be encouraged about. Now, we'll leave you with these five things. What do we do? What do we do as a church? Number one, church, we pray. We pray. Number two, church, we witness. Church, don't fall Asleep. Share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Share it with your family. Share it with your neighbors. Share it with your co workers. Share it with your friends. Share it with those you grew up with. Share it with those you don't know. Share it with those that you first meet. But share the gospel of Jesus Christ because he's coming again. Thirdly, be prepared. Teach what's happening. We're living in a world today that if we're not careful Christians, we can get caught up in it. I'm, 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 my heart is so burdened. My heart is so burdened for the generation that's growing up right now. There was a time, to be honest with you, there was a time I thought, man, every church is having a vacation Bible school or vacation Bible school is even necessary. Now, 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 I think to myself, every church ought to have a vacation Bible school because the only place this generation is hearing truth is could be a week during the summer where their parents allow them go to a church for vacation bible school they're not getting it in their homes they're not getting it in the school system they're not giving it getting it through through their education they're not getting it in the workplace we're living in a post-christian society in the church if any 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 other time in history we need to be teaching we need to be preparing our young people for what god says in his word I don't want my kids to grow up accepting the sin that this world is accepting. I want my kids to grow up taking a stand and saying, but as for me, in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't want my children just taking while they're a child and believing what I believe. I want them, I want my God to be their God. I want my Savior to be their Savior. I want them to live their life on the foundation of Jesus Christ. I want them to be prepared for what this world is teaching. We need to teach what's happening around us. Number four, please write this down, we need to comfort. Listen to me today, God is in control. If you're going through a tragedy in your life right now, Listen to me today, God is in control. If your marriage is broken today and you're not quite sure how it's going to be fixed, there's a savior, Jesus Christ. God is in control. Yield to him, yield to the principles of this word. And I don't care what has has transpired, God can reconcile and God can heal and God can fix and God can comfort. Maybe there's been some trials in your life. Maybe there's a a work issue you're facing. Maybe there's someone that hurts you. Maybe there's confusion in your life. Maybe you're a young person. You're not sure what the next step in life is going to be. I want you to know this. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is, is your savior. Jesus cares. And you can comfort yourself today because of the truth of the word of God. And lastly, would you write this down? What do we do? We pray, we witness, we prepare, we comfort, and we have hope. We have hope. This past week, it just seemed, my life at least, it was bad news after bad news after bad news, Jim. Horrible news. My wife and I were driving about an hour and 20 minute drive. We were meeting someone and the entire way I was on the phone with a friend of mine whose marriage is about ready to, it's already imploded. He says, I'm doing everything I can to keep this together. My heart broke for him. I talked to Karen, this was Janelle's daughter, and my heart broke for that family. I'm thinking God woke me up early this morning and the first person in my mind was Doug Davison and I'm hurting for him. I'm, I'm thinking about those in our church that are hurting, those that are going through physical things, those young people that are trying to figure out what their next step in life is. I'm, I'm thinking about those whose marriages are on the rocks and aren't sure, those that they're not sure what they're going to do financially, those that are just unsure of what the next step in life is. I want you to know there is hope today. There's hope in Jesus Stand fast. When you feel like there's nothing to hold on to, know this, there's Jesus. Hold on to him. Trust in him. Our hope as believers is in Jesus Christ. Would you bow with me in prayer this morning? Father in heaven, Lord, at my prayer, my heart is to be an encouragement today. Lord, we can take rest. We don't have to be deceived. And we can be encouraged. Because as we look into the future, the future tells us, your word tells us, you hold the future. We're not just hoping and aimlessly wondering and foolishly anticipating. Our hope is in Christ, our solid rock. And so, Lord, I pray for those that are discouraged today, those that are going through situations in their life and they need rest. I pray they'll find it in knowing that one day you're coming again and we can rest in the truth of the gospel. Lord, maybe there's one here today they don't know you as your Savior. God, please save them today. May your spirit reveal truth to them. May they by faith receive that gift of salvation, convict them, save them today, we pray. And Lord, in just a few hours, there's gonna be hundreds of people from our community hundreds of friends that will be invited here. We're going to take an opportunity and we're going to boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to present those that we love and those that we care for and those that we live in this generation with a decision that they must make. Holy Spirit of God, I pray you'd save souls. Lord, we want to see a revival take place. We want to see those that we love come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior. Because we know the future. We believe what you said. We believe that this, it's not just about this world, but there's a plan, there's everlasting life. There's a home and glory with you for all of eternity. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand with me today as we have a time of invitation? There's going to be some that'll be baptized here today. But would I could I just ask you just for a moment, just to maybe just remain in an attitude of prayer? Just just there, searching your heart. Do you need rest today? Do you need encouragement today? Are are, are you being deceived by everything that's happening and you're thinking to yourself, maybe it's better. Maybe, Maybe the choice to live the way I want to live, absent from Christ, is the best choice. No, Christian, don't be deceived. Maybe today you say, I choose Christ. And as everyone is just searching their heart, I wanna ask every single person, This question today, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you trusted in the finished work of the cross? You're a sinner. Jesus came and died for your sin debt. He went to the cross. He paid your sin debt. In the blood that was shed, it satisfied God's anger and His wrath. was placed in the grave. The Bible says three days later, he rose again from the dead. And the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior today, I want you to just simply say on the count of three, if you know Christ as your Savior, I just want you to give this loud, glorious Amen. Can you do that today? You're ready? One, two, three. Maybe you weren't able to say amen. You want to. But today you say, I want to be able to say amen to that question. I want to be saved. Well, all those that said amen because they know they put their faith in Christ, they're praying for you right now. They want you to trust Christ. Once you experience rest and encouragement that only comes through Christ, I wonder if you're here, would you just simply, simply raise your hand and say, that's me. Preacher, you preached to me today. I want to be saved. I want to trust Christ as my savior. Would you slip up your hand? Because I want to know so I can pray for you today. Would you say, that is me. I need to be saved today. Would you please pray for me? Is there one? Is there one? I see a hand right over here. Is there another one? Is there another? Would you pray for this one that raised their hand? Christian, how many of you would say this? I need to find rest i need to i need not to be deceived and i need to be encouraged today that message is for me i need rest i'm not going to give in to the lies of satan in this world and i am going to find encouragement from the truth of god's word preacher oh i'm saved i i know where i'm going but i needed a great reminder today of who i can take rest in not to be deceived and to be encouraged from God's word. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me. I needed that reminder today. Father in heaven, you see these hands. You know their hearts. And I pray, Lord, you'd seal this message in their hearts. And when we leave here today and we face the problems that we're facing before we came, may we face them knowing that there's victory in Jesus Christ. There's rest in him. Those right now that are weary, that aren't sure if they're going to make it another day, God, I pray they find rest in your son. Those that are being deceived, maybe there's some that are wondering, doubting. Lord, I pray today that your word would reveal truth. May your spirit convict. Don't let them fall away. And Lord, encourage our hearts, we pray. And we ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you have a seat real quick? I promise you we're just going to be a few more moments. Pastor Chris is going to baptize some here today. Baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Very likely, with his death, raised in the likeness of Israel. This is McKenna's leaf. Receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Then I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of His death, raised in the likeness of His resurrection. Praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't God good? Praise the Lord. You are dismissed. We hope to see you back here at 5 o'clock.